A stent is a tiny tube that's inserted into a blocked artery to keep it open. The stent restores the flow of blood, and for most heart patients, it's a same-day procedure without a long recovery. Dr. Lakshmi from the Heart Center at Sarah Bush Lingen gives us a little background on the evolution of stents, how they work, and who is a good candidate for one. We'll be right back after this short message. Friends and neighbors, our hearts beat to heal yours. The Sarah Bush Lincoln Cardiovascular Team stands ready to save your life. Uh, the new heart center at Sarah Bush Lincoln is outstanding. I've practiced at uh, universities in Chicago, and I can say without reservation that this is probably the nicest heart center uh, that I've ever practiced at. The Heart Center at Sarah Bush Lincoln. Trusted, compassionate care. Right here, close to home. Thanks for listening to this podcast with Dr. Lakshmi, cardiologist from the Heart Center at Sarah Bush Lincoln. And today he's going to answer the question, should I have a stent? First of all, what's a stent? Thank you, Lori. You know, stent is a slotted steel tube. It's like a tube, which is a mesh of slotted tubes, which we put in the coronary arteries to dilate it and keep it open. Now, the coronary angiogram has an interesting story. The first cardiac catheterization was done in the 60s by Mason Soans in Cleveland Clinic. It was serendipity. It was an accident. We thought by injecting the coronary arteries, patients will die. So we did not stick catheter into the coronary arteries. They were trying to look into the left ventricle. Accidentally, the catheter went into the right coronary artery and history was born. And we realized it's safe to do it. And we did not do cardiac catheterization in heart attack patients. We thought they're going to die. So when we were medical students, we did not have, we did not do cardiac catheterization for heart attack patients. So we eventually learned that it's safe to do um, cardiac catheterization. In 1977, a German physician called uh, Grunzig, Andreas Grunzig is from Switzerland, he put the first catheter into the coronary arteries, an angioplasty, an LAD lesion, and the patient survived. That was the birth of angioplasty. Initially, people did not believe in stents or angioplasty. And the stents came in the 90s. The first stent officially came in 94, if I am correct. Two stents came in 94. When you do balloon angioplasty, sometimes there is a recoil in the vessel occludes, and we used to send them to surgery. The stents are slotted steel tubes, which keep the artery open. And there, the magic, the arteries remained open. The only problem was there was some scar tissue coming in the stents. In 2004, we have something called drug-loading stents, where you coat those stents with anti-cancer drugs, and those stents remain open forever. And then we started doing thousands of uh, angioplastic stents. It became safe to do stenting without surgical backup. In our own hospital, Sarah Bush Hospital, we can do stents to those patients. So we don't need a surgical backup anymore. Now, I have families, patients, doctors ask me, Stents, are they useful or overused? There is really good news and not so good news. Let me start with the good news. Stent saves lives when you have a big heart attacks. There is no ifs and buts about it. We call STEMI. These are large heart attacks. You should immediately be in the emergency room. Don't even call your doctor. You should be in the ER. And you should go to the cath lab within 90 to 120 minutes. We open the artery. We put stents and we save lives. No question. 
The second category is those stuttering heart attacks. These people are having chest pain over a few days. The blood test shows they had a heart attack, but the EKG was not too bad. Patient is feeling okay. Those patients also need cardiac catheterization and stents. And again, stents save their lives. They may not have a heart attack immediately, but they're going to have a big heart attack soon. The third category of the patients are severely symptomatic, having chest pain, shortness of breath, and walking. The stress test is very abnormal. And these patients will need either a stent or bypass surgery to protect them from having further damage. So those three categories, big heart attacks, small to medium-sized heart attacks, patients with a lot of symptoms, and large vessel blockage, they need to be fixed. What about asymptomatic patients? Patients came to the hospital because the EKG is looking funny. So they get a stress test, and it looks abnormal. Patient says, I have no symptoms. Those patients, the, the indication is somewhat questionable to put stents in because they don't have symptoms. What are we treating? So unless you're having symptoms, I think the data is questionable. So it's reasonable to talk to your doctor if they say that you need a stent if you have no symptoms. Can I treat with medicines? I think those patients, you may be able to treat them with medicines. So I think I hope made it clear. Stents save lives, and big heart attacks, small heart attacks, large area of ischemia. If your symptoms are minimal or no, I think it's reasonable to take medicines. And if symptoms do not get better or you get worsening symptoms, then you can have stents. But the stents, the other question people ask, will it get narrowed? Mm -hmm. See, this is called restenosis, which means the scar tissue forms inside. I told you the stents before 2004 were called bare metal stents. They were not coated with the anti-cancer drugs. So about 20% of these people would get narrowed. You need another stent or bypass surgery. But now these coated stents are extremely good, and those re-narrowing is less than 5%. So they actually forever stay open. No, no artery will stay open forever. When I mean, I'm just making it a point. They, they stay open for a long time. The other problem when we put stents is they need to take two blood thinners. You take aspirin and a drug called Plavix we use for a long time. Of late, there are two new drugs, one of them called Berlinta, which is a drug which we use it, which is better than Plavix, but has some side effects like shortness of breath. And there's another drug called Prasagrel. These drugs are slightly better than Plavix. So if you take it for a long time, let's say six months down the road, you need to have an orthopedic surgery. And frequently, orthopedic surgeons or ENT surgeons will come, general surgeons say, I want to remove the gallbladder. I want to stop the Plavix. My answer is no, because if you stop the plavix, the stent can occlude and patient get a massive heart attack. But the newer stents are better. Now, I think we can get by with six months of two medications. Let's say after six months you need knee surgery, we can do it. Gallbladder surgery, we can do it. Now, in the first three to six months, you have to be very careful. You cannot stop the medicine. Always, always talk to your cardiologist if anybody wants to stop those blood thinners. So what's the recovery time for someone who has a stent or two or three? Actually, it's interesting. We, they go home on the same day. You know, we used to keep them for two days, then it became one day. Actually, we, send, we go through the wrist for most of the cases, as you know, and they go home in two and a half to three hours. I tell them to take it easy for a day or two, and they're back to work. This is amazing. It, even there is a new valve called transaortic valve replacement. We used to open the chest and keep them for a week in the hospital. These guys go home next day, and they can go exercise in a week. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the stents, in a couple of days, they can go back to exercise. 
this is phenomenal change, and I'm excited about it. So talk a little bit about who, which, which provider, which doctor here at Sarah Bush Lincoln's Heart Center performs this. Both me and Dr. Katzamakis will do cardiac catheterization. My partner, Dr. Dean Katzamakis, who was trained in Chicago at Rush, extremely good interventional cardiologist, he will put the stents in. And if I need any patient who needs stents immediately, he will jump in and take care of it. We work together. And Dr. Katzamakis has been doing this for more than 14 years and well-trained. So I have a question. When you put that stent into an artery, can it ever move or does the tissue sort of like grow around it, kind of anchor it in? If the stent is going to have a problem, which happens within a few hours. Mm -hmm. So once it's nailed, we actually use a high-pressure balloon to put it on the wall of that. It never moves. And it forms the tissue surrounding it. The body repairs it. And within a few days, it stays forever. So what, what happens to the cholesterol that's in that artery? that's by that stent. It's interesting. So what we do first do is before we stent, we actually put a balloon in, open it up. The cholesterol get crushed and then go in the circulation. They get absorbed by body's own cells, like mononuclear cells will get absorbed them. But you should treat them aggressively with cholesterol medicine, which will help to lower it. And how many stents have you ever, what's the most that someone can have during I mean, there was one patient who had about 18 stents. So we can put as many stents as possible. But my theory is we should minimize the number of stents because too many number of stents means they cannot have bypass surgery and they should be on blood thinners for lifelong and we want to avoid it. Is that kind of where heart, when you have heart issues like this, people are having those as opposed to having valve replacement or open heart surgery? My dad had open heart and the recovery of that is takes a very long time. So that, you know, bypass surgery clearly has a role. I don't want to minimize it. There are certain populations like the left main and diabetics with multivessel disease, you do it. But the vast majority of the patient, we should be able to stent them. And, and the, the number of bypass surgeries have gone down. And the surgeons understand it. If I have one or two vessels, if I call the surgeon, they'll say, why do you want me to do surgery? And those could be easily done by stents. I think it's dramatically changed the landscape and patients are benefiting from it. All right. Thank you for that information. Great, great to talk to you again. You're welcome, Lori. That was cardiologist B. Lakshmi from Sarah Bush Lincoln. Now we have other podcasts with Dr. Lakshmi posted on topics such as statins, AFib, and congestive heart failure. So be sure to check them out. Dr. Lakshmi is part of the Heart Center team at Sarah Bush Lincoln. That also includes Dr. Michael Lomanto, Dr. Dean Katzimakis, and advanced practice nurse Allison Goff. The Heart Center is a state-of-the-art facility located on the main campus of Sarah Bush Lincoln, offering cardiac testing services, cath lab, and cardiac rehab. To learn more, visit sarahbush.org slash theheartcenter. Remember, the information presented today is not a substitute for medical care. If you have questions or concerns, be sure to talk to your health provider. And most importantly, if you are ever having chest pain, don't wait. Seek immediate care. We hope you found the information in this podcast helpful. Thank you for listening to Health Styles. I'm your host, Lori Banks.